all you good movie buddies to the Popcorn Diet, a movie podcast for those who live on a steady diet of movie, theater, popcorn, and other various movie snacks like the deluxe nachos that come with two things of cheese, which are the best kinds of nachos. As always, my name is Rick Williamson, your very best good movie buddy, and with me as usual is our other good movie buddy, the Canadian Machine, Mr. David Melhorn. David, it's the end of summer, it's the doldrums, how we doing? It's it's pretty rough right now. It's rough. It's pretty bleak. It the the life has drained out of the theaters. School has started. The blockbusters are dwindling. The we're in this we're in this real black zone. It's and that's rough. We, I mean it was so rough we didn't and I mean obviously you and I are busy. Um but you know apologies that we did not do a podcast last week. You know with me being out of town, you got your family and frankly the movie theaters just are ass right now you know i think uh it's it just it's september obviously september just started it's basically right now is like literally the deserted <laughs> the 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 tumbleweeds rolling across the, the aisles valley for the movies right movie now. death valley labor day weekend this last labor day weekend was the lowest it's been in 17 years basically since 9 11 is the is this is as bad as the box office has gotten the box office has not been this bad since 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 the weekend after 9-11 which holy shit guys hitman's bodyguard which is you know i'm sure a fine film one that you or i have not had the opportunity to catch yet. yet it's only a 40 percent rotten tomatoes and it's been number one for three straight weeks Yowza. like so so on one hand, good job picking that release date, guys. Yeah. On the other hand, holy shit. You got Spider-Man, Despicable Me 3, even Wonder Woman. They're still in the top 10, top 15, and they've been out since the beginning of summer. They've been out since June. And so those legs are mm. are, are really still kicking. And, you know, <laughs> I think you're the one who said this, but in order to avoid talking about the shitty movies that are out, like The Nut Job 2, Nutty by Nature, or Leap, or that Bruce Lee movie that has a white guy as the main character, inexplicably. Uh, we are going to take this opportunity and this episode to look forward to better times, look forward to greener pastures, and talk about one of our favorite topics to talk about. This is one of our favorite things to do. And we are going to start it way early. We are going to be one of the first people. Uh, well, I guess we're not the first people. There are whole sites dedicated to this. But we are going to take a way too early look at the coming awards season, the Oscar talk. The gold statues are getting ready to be polished and handed off. And, and we love talking about the award season and who's in contention for these awards. So this is going to give us an opportunity to look forward to movies that are getting early buzz. Um, you know, uh, right now the Toronto film festival is rolling mm -hmm. and there's been a couple of screenings, some of which were met with universal praise, some of which not quite met with universal praise, been, been some real interesting developments um, out there. And so that's what we're going to talk about now, before we even get into it, the first thing, if you'll allow me, David, this 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 episode's already going to run the risk of going long. Uh oh. Okay, but I do feel the need to preface all of this by saying, and I think you can agree with me, that the award season is bullshit. Like ultimately, right? You would you agree? It, yeah. It. I mean, <laughs> maybe not from, in the simple of terms. From the standpoint of you, there's 
you know, people are making movies to win awards. Right. Movies are not getting awards because they're certain types of movies. Right. And so it's it's, you know, it's it's kind of a messed up system that neither of us agree with. And there are things that lead to Ricky going into a dark hole of depression for a few days in February most years. Basically, when things ba- like Shakespeare in Love. The the win the, the rant. Picture. The rant. Oh, right off, right off the bat. <laughs> right, huh? right off the gate. Basically, the rant rate will slowly go higher and higher up until the end of February. Um, but yeah, man. I mean, the, the whole thing that we've always been talking about with uh, with with movies in general is that they're subjective. They're art. Art is subjective. You know, it doesn't, if your favorite movie is Clueless or it's Mallrats or it's LA Confidential or it's Ocean's Eleven, you're not wrong. And awards seem to exist to tell people that they're wrong. Like, no, even though Mad Max was your favorite movie, sorry, hate to tell tell you, but it wasn't the best movie. And I think that that's wrong. Not to mention the fact that we have something that's called Oh, this is clearly an awards movie. All movies should be awards movies. There shouldn't be like a a laid out blueprint for how to win an Oscar. Right. Which I feel like there is. There is. There's several blueprints. And even like the timing, like you could pick a given year and say, don't make this type of movie. Right. Or Or pick a given year and be like, definitely make this type of movie. Like a year after like, you know, Moonlight, like. Guarantee you a movie about two two gay black people is not going to win. No, like, can't do it again. You can't do it again. But two gay white people if, in Italy. If, even maybe. even if it was even if a movie that was very similar to Moonlight came out and was the greatest film of the year, right. it would not win simply because we can't repeat. You know, so maybe I I don't have that kind of faith. <laughs> I I believe I truly believe that that. The Certain more, subjects can always win. The, well, the more independent you are and the more... It On just, the fringe. It just feels like that, you know, everybody talks about diversity in the awards circuit, which I agree with. You know, they're great. Like, take, for example, Creed. That movie kicked so much ass. That movie is so fucking good. And it got one nomination for the one white guy in the cast, which... Uh, not taking away anything from Stallone, but that movie, that's a Best Picture nominee. That's Best Actor nominee, in my opinion. Obviously, this is all just opinions. So diversity is one thing. You know, we should have more, uh, you know, uh, African-Americans. We should have more minorities representing the voting base, and we should have them represented here, I guess, as long as they make great movies, I suppose. Yeah. Like, I don't expect how to be a latin lover to show up at the oscars just because a bunch of latin people loved it you got to make a good fucking movie but at the same time diversity in awards and this is my soapbox and i apologize sort of but diversity in awards should also be in the films themselves we should get comedies we should get horror we should get action you know superhero movies and things like that this year alone saw the release of at least four great superhero movies that might potentially be all ignored. Now, fortunately, some of them, you know, do kind of roll in that diversity topic that Hollywood is in love with right now, so it might get a boost. But we're going to talk about some of those right now because we kind of want to break down, you know, what what has already come out. You know, being that it's the beginning of September, obviously there's probably not many awards films to come out yet, but there's been a few, right? 
Yeah, so I, I think, you know, if you're looking at, and I won't say any of these are surprise, but, I mean, if you were to look at your typical movie year, there's not a lot of awards won by things that come out September or earlier. Like, right. very very few. Usually an animated film, that's one that can defy sure. it because there's not really, like, a great time. I mean, you're going to release an animated film usually in the summer right. or and, early But even summer. then, that animated film might get a song and a... Best yeah. animated feature. Mad Max really is sort of the mold of like the kind of movie that you need to make. Like it needs to be not only can it be just an action movie, it has to be a great action movie. It has to be an amazingly directed action movie and it has to have basically a cultural impact. But I think this year is, you know, and we didn't go back and compare every single year. We'll we'll do that, I'm sure, in one of our pre-Oscar oh, shows. Oh, most definitely. Um, but I think this year has had some surprising ones that you can't really disregard going into the awards season. Sure. Um, you know, and, and in no specific order. Obviously, you have Wonder Woman. Um, Big one. We've talked about Wonder Woman a lot on this podcast, but... Um, highest grossing movie of the summer. Highest grossing movie of the summer. And also now there's already being the talk about how the studio is going to get behind it a lot and make a big push. And obviously right. they're going to spend a lot of money campaigning, which is another problem I have with this fucking system. But anyways. <laughs> but I mean, like you said, this was without a doubt the one that you were probably alluding to in the sense that it plays into that female director sure. we've only had one win um who's also on this list mm -hmm. um obviously strong female lead different type of superhero movie right um you hope that it should get whatever rewards it gets nominated or if it wins you'd hope it would win off of its the sheer fact that it was a great movie sure. which we've talked and about and it is a great and movie. not just because oh we want to give an award to you know a female director sure. or something like that. I mean, in uh, the case of great movies, it's okay. Like, if Wonder Woman turned out to be mediocre, then I would be a lot more against it. Yeah, but Wonder but it Woman great is movie. great. Yeah. So it deserves everything that and it gets. And you, you have always wanted a superhero movie getting some love at the Oscars. So always if it have. was nominated for Best Picture, I'll I think you'd take be it. happy. Yep. Um, but some other ones... Uh, Staying with the female director, you got Detroit. Um, obviously, it did terrible at the box office. Yeah. Which we, we never really talked about too much, but probably had somewhat to do with the current well, <laughs> landscape yeah. of the country and yeah. the fact that no one wants to go watch a really dark and hard. depressing, like just hard film. Right. Like, that shit's going on in the world right now. And you, I don't most, need to go watch it on exactly, screen. Like, exactly. I want to escape when I go to a movie. Catherine Bigelow's got great props for the directing, obviously. She's a fantastic director. Yep. Great reviews all across the acting board. Acting was supposedly Some really potential solid acting in there that we can touch on uh, yep. a little bit later. I've got a couple listed down here. But, yeah, like you said, took a big old dive bomb at the box office probably for that exact reason. Absolutely. It just wasn't. As it was just a miscalculated, you know, oh, this is the movie that the country needs right now. It's like, no, it's not really. It needs Black Panther is what it needs. It needs fucking yeah. Chadwick Boseman whooping all for kinds sure. of ass. Which they'll get in a couple months. Yeah, for sure. But, yeah, it's, you know, but it's still, I, I can't imagine that you'll see Detroit as a big player. But maybe in some of the technical stuff and, and Catherine Bigelow might squeeze in there for sure. Yeah. Uh, and then some other ones we won't spend much on. We love Logan's Lucky. We've talked about that. Right. We loved it. Critics loved it. Not tons of bu Not buzz tons around of it. Um, and it's a it's a tough genre to really do well at the awards anyways. It's true. Uh, Planet of the Apes, 
again, it it doesn't have a great shot at, at winning much other than maybe some technical categories. Which is crazy because like you look at a trilogy as consistent as that, and as and we talked about it, you know, and we talked about it on, on Jeremy's episode how, you know, it is. An, an, an overwhelmingly and amazingly adult franchise that is successful, critically acclaimed, box office success, and yet very much like, let's say, Harry Potter. Yeah. Zero Oscar love. Yep. Crazy. And then the ones that, you know, one other surprising one, which, you know, you can't count it out because it's already been, the precedent's been laid already by last year with Jungle Book. Right. But you got Beauty and Beast crushed at the box office. Mm-hmm. Obviously, uh, I don't think got quite as critically loved as Jungle Book. No. Uh, but that was more because Jungle Book did such a great thing visually right. that hadn't it really been done pushed before. pushed the media. Um, so I don't, I don't know that you'll see that there, but obviously one that you have to at least talk about. And then the two that probably have you know the best chance of of really kind of surviving surviving uh would be the surprise one in get out because it Uh kind of checks the boxes of things that the academy seems to love right now which is diversity diversity. but that being said and it's was 99 percent on rotten tomatoes everyone fucking loved it freaking heck of an achievement it may it's it's a it's it's a really great film jordan peele's amazing who's who fucking would have realized that he's such a great director and yeah it made a crap ton of money like and again this is an example of like if this is what it takes and i say that as like i'm some curmudgeonly old white dude like i don't really care if we are making good genre films i don't care if they're about black people i don't care if they're about women i don't care if they're about you know the, the latin culture if they're great if we get a great comedy from like michael pena and it gets nominated for an Oscar, great. Absolutely. That's all I care about. So the fact that Get Out is not only being talked about as contention, but being strongly considered, it's very exciting to me. The interesting part with that, the sad part about it is whether, because it came from a smaller studio and in that, whether it has the marketing power, which is just another example Will they of be everything able to pay wrong. For the screenings and the parties. Because we're talking about a movie that came out in February. Right. like. You got to almost remind people that it came out this year, much less you know get the buzz behind it. Well, so. it's like Universal's only like Oscar possibility. It's true. So, which like, is pretty typical for them. Yeah, they could throw all their money behind that. Absolutely, whatever they have. But the last one is Dunkirk, which hell is yeah. you know obviously we we had a Dunkirk episode and and obviously I believe it's still standing at the top for Rick on his favorite movie of yep. the year, best movie of the year. So that one's obviously going to be in contention. You got Christopher Nolan who I don't see any way he's not in the best direct conversation, but the Academy Awards never seem to uh piss to surprise off. us yeah. or piss Rick off. Um <laughs> which but, would happen. But those are those are kind of I think the ones that you you have to have in consideration sure. so far. Um, not that there hasn't been other good movies, but those have been the majority of them. Oh yeah, you um, know, like Wind River, which is a, a, a is, I mean, I'm speed. Wind River is so Wind, fucking good. But here's another thing: Wind River is probably not going to get love because of Hell or High Water. Because of Hell or High Water, exactly. So, exactly. <laughs> I mean, as great as a movie ba- as Wind Baby River Driver, is. that's also, I mean, possibility, maybe. Possibly, yeah. That would be really cool. It's it'd be a pretty big long shot. Yeah. And I think everybody would be pretty surprised if if I it made be, it in there. I would be jacked. So, but I mean, because acting was great in that movie. Yep. There's a lot of. Amazingly directed. Yep. Uh, should be an, there should be an editing 
if that movie isn't nominated for best editing, I don't even know. I don't even know what I'm going to do. A <laughs> um, lot of potential movies that have already come out. Really exciting uh, to, when you just have great movies. You know, a lot of people have been talking about how oh, this summer has been really, really weak at the box office. And that may be true, but that doesn't mean we haven't gotten great movies. Mm-hmm. But we got to look forward, right? That's the whole point. The whole point of Oscar prognostication is looking forward, is being able to predict. And part of the fun, part of the most fun of this season, starting this early, David, for me at least, is you look at all of the potential, you know, contenders. And you see how they fit a formula based on a true story, based on a true story, based on a war, based on a public figure, based on a politician, based on some disabled person who did something amazing, like fit these in one slice of life indie movie. Like they're all like not really about anything except for these eight days in, in, in the summer or some bullshit like that. Like those are all like they set a formula. We talked about it. There's a blueprint and watching them all kind of fall away. Like yeah. when, uh, what were the couple ones last year uh, that you happened? Had, you had Collateral Beauty. Collateral which... Beauty. Will Smith, everybody coming out. Oh, look at all these awards. Look at all these people, all these stars in it. Oh, and it looks like a heartwarming, oh, it's going to deal with all this stuff. And everyone came out and everyone was like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> Gone. Done. What was another one? Uh, um, Birth of the Nation, which obviously was affected by... Some outside things, but sneaky, also that's some sneaky like, oh, yeah, right. So what happened with Birth of a Nation? It was the largest movie uh, it sold for the largest amount at Sundance ever. Right. Nate Parker, who's the writer, director, actor. This was his passion project. He raised 10 million dollars for himself for, for uh, of himself. He raised that money to make this movie about the slave uprising. Right. And it goes in Sundance and everyone is like. Much like fucking Detroit, like this is gonna resonate with people, right? And then somehow, oh, oh, suddenly, oh, this story comes out mysteriously about Nate Parker and some mysterious, maybe questionable sexual allegations and you know abuse allegations in the past. Like, hmm, I wonder why that didn't come out six months ago. Oh, maybe because he wasn't in contention for an Oscar, and maybe because this studio over here is crooked sons of bitches but long story short that movie died on the vine died didn't even get nominated for a thing Jack squat i looked it nothing. up i looked it up i think it got nominated for one award in all the award season and yep. it was like an naacp yep. award which obviously well i mean come sense. on but that's it's that sneaky shit i wouldn't have been shocked if the weinsteins or 824 <laughs> or whoever i was waiting for the weinsteins to be talked about in this that's podcast. the first time get ready this is drinking <laughs> drinking contest for every oscar podcast that we do from this point on every time i say weinsteins you gotta do a shot or something <laughs> you'll be dead by the end of the third time absolutely um so yeah so i mean i i absolutely agree i mean you you scope out this year you look at some of the names Mm -hmm. that are going to be involved in certain movies um and hey let's let's kick it off with a with a fun one right off the bat okay falls into this category is suburbicon suburbicon clooney Clooney. Clooney. uh, coen brothers script coen brothers by way of clooney matt damon oscar isaac julianne moore everything about it says oh this is one to pay attention to Especially like with where Clooney is at this point in his career, right? Like, you know, he doesn't really do just anything. Like no. he seems to pick like 
quality stuff to do. Stuff like, that matters to him. You know, he did Hail Caesar last year, sure. and that was early in the year, and but still had love all the way up into the Oscar season. Right. Um, and so you you saw this one coming down the pipeline, and you're the one that looked up the reviews to today and told me about it. Well, the trailer looked, I mean, like a Coen Brothers looked movie. Like a Coen Brothers like, film. It looked like... Raising Arizona. It looked like all the. It looked like Burn After Reading. Like it looked like a Coen Brothers movie. But a couple of the reviews I read today, particularly Time Magazine, published a review that called it unwatchable, and that it was uh, just a misfire in every way. And and I was like, oh, that's interesting. And again, I have, we haven't seen the movie yet. Well, we're know? not we're not ones to rely on reviews. There's plenty of no, movies. we'll go that see it. I'm gonna go that. see that movie. Absolutely. But apparently, it's it's so agenda driven. In its quote unquote message, that it's straight up distracting. Like it's it's everyone. Even the review I read this is a well made movie. It's very polished. It looks like a million bucks. But the and coming from Time Magazine, this is no small feat. Right to say that the progressive message is being hammered down in in really uneloquent ways. So that, I mean that's and that just premiered at the Toronto Film Festival a couple of days ago. So that one already taking hits. Is it going to make it to the end? I don't know. It's wavering. It's looking wobbly for Suburbicon. I mean, the only thing that could really save Suburbicon at this point, I mean, once you get those bad reviews out there, the only thing that can really save it is, like, people loving it and it killing Uh it at the box office. Uh Like, that's the only thing that can really battle it. But it'd be interesting to see, and and we'll do this for the next pre-Oscars one, but it'd be interesting to see what's the lowest Rotten Tomatoes score movie Ooh. to be nominated for for best to picture. Be nominated? Oh man, I bet I could list two right off the top of my head right now. I bet you Crash is probably the lowest one to win, and I bet you Extremely Loud and Incredibly Close was pretty fucking low too. Um, I, or like the the, the year Slumdog Millionaire one. Like I, I'm willing to bet. Uh, that those are pretty, pretty rough. Uh, but with TFF, uh, TFF Toronto Film Festival, you know, we're also getting some other, you know, reviews coming out. One in particular uh, for a movie that you and I are extremely excited about, um, Hostiles. It's one we've been talking about for a while. Um, and it is Christian Bale, uh it is oh god who is it uh, Rosamund Pike, your boy Ben Foster, West Studi, and it's a Civil War set, uh, cowboy you know western, and apparently everything that they're saying about it is just like it's brutal, it's amazing, it's Christian Bale's front runner for the actors, best actor and all that kind of stuff. Um, but it's really gotten, that was one where very opposite of Suburbicon got amazing reviews and it's not the only one either, but that's particularly is one, uh, that I'm very, very, very excited about. And there's a lot coming out with the, with the festival going right now. Um, we got going back to the genre roots. Guillermo del Toro is back. I'm pumped. Shape of the shape of water. Basically, it looks like this Beauty and the Beast meets Creature from the Black Lagoon, set in Cold War, like America. I'm in on all of it. I, I like to describe it as like Del Toro does Arrival 
with adding in some like beauty and the beast yeah. to it like yeah it, yeah it looks absolutely crazy which it's fun to see him do like i loved and you know i love when he does something like pacific rim and that right. but like where he made a name for himself was with doing like well, pans, pan's pan's labyrinth, labyrinth and, and chronos and Chron- uh, what was the other one he did? Oh, God, and I can't, I'm not going to remember it, but is one of his first um, where he's a storyteller, you know, and he did those big movies. He did the Hellboy movies and he did uh, Pacific Rim because he's also a gigantic fucking nerd. Sure, like, and he did, wasn't he in Blade? Didn't he do Blade? Yep, too? he did Blade too because yep. that's amazing. But, you know, every it feels like every once in a while he makes movies that are really character driven, like Crimson Peak, which didn't do that great, or The Devil's Backbone, which was which was one of his, you know, original ones. And then of course Pan's Labyrinth. Shape of Water is looking to be that very much in that Pan's vein. Labyrinth. And that's extremely exciting because Guillermo del Toro is a madman, but he's also a hopeless romantic. And so to see this this love story told through the lens of Guillermo del Toro, you I'm said in. it. I'm in. One hundred percent. And I'm going to say this. Lest, I think lest more than we once, forget. Lest we forget, we get more crazy Michael Shannon, which is always the world thing. always needs. I, Michael Shannon has a number of roles uh, this Oscar season, I suppose you could say. And it's really not. I mean, he's always been a guy who kind of flip flops between prestige movies. And, like, what the fuck? You just needed a paycheck? Like, like Jonah Hex. What? Or Premium Rush. Machine Gun Preacher. What are you doing? Um, but then, you know, or, you know, Man of Steel. But then you get The Shape of Water. You get him playing George Westinghouse in The Current War. You get, I mean, last year in Nocturnal Animals. Nocturnal Animals, Midnight loving. Special, which you also loved last year. What? Midnight Special. Midnight Special. Oh, he's so good in Midnight Special. The motherfucker did one, two, three, four, five, six, almost ten movies last year. <laughs> That's crazy. Michael Shannon's big. He's he's he's, he's working. He's, he's hot. working, man, and I like it. But anytime we can get more Michael Shannon is great. Um, here's another one. We got Double Damon this award season fortunately there's not one where he's like in the wilderness fighting a bear (laughs) these all look like they were they're all fairly decent you know like he didn't suffer too much but kind of how suburbicon i think both suburbicon and downsizing with alexander payne directing it are going to be a play on sort of just the modern i don't know culture suburban you know suburb culture or whatever but I, we've only seen a 30-second trailer for this movie. I'm just hoping that downsizing is like a more – a little bit closer to normal version of the lobster. <laughs> like freaking lobster, freaking lobster last year was like – took it to a whole other level uh, of like of dryness weird. and weird and that sort of thing. And I'm hoping, you know, downsizing is a little bit more approachable than what lobster was. I that think movie it will was, be freaking nuts i think it will be i think alexander payne is a much more approachable director and the concept is just super interesting you know sci-fi comedies that aren't actual like they're subtle sci-fis the lobster is is the case of very very subtle sci-fi weird kind of movie what am i going to do with christoph waltz though as not a 
A bad guy? Bad guy. I don't know. <laughs> I really don't know. Um, I'm very excited for that movie as well. Uh, and then you listed a couple other ones that pretty much hit that freaking blueprint. Typical blueprint. We'll start out with one that I'm super psyched to hear Ricky's take on. Yeah. And that would be Victoria and Abdul, which is uh, Judy Dench. And it's uh, Rick's favorite type of uh, Oscar movie. Is it an old people tying movie? <laughs> Hold on. Wait a minute. Who's we'll read the description it? for you. Uh, basically, it's about a real-life relationship between Queen Victoria and her Indian servant. The film stars Judy Dench and Jesus obviously some Christ. Indian people. But um, No, I'm out on all of that. I can't. I don't even know. I don't even know how to process that. She'll probably get nominated. She'll probably get nominated for an Oscar. This is exactly the type of... This is the exact type of fucking film that fills that 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 old people movie, you know? That, uh, oh, God, I'm, I'm having a... I'm having a, uh, a I'm having an ulcer. I'm having an aneurysm right now. Yeah, a more... <laughs> Or that other one that she was in. What the f- hell was that other one that she was in? The uh, uh, not a not Grand Budapest Hotel. No, the uh, no, you know the one. Um, the greatest Marigold Hotel one. No, it was uh, Philomena. Oh, yeah. It's just as she just shows up. Judy Dench shows up in these delightful little character pieces, and they get nominated for Best Picture. Whatever, I'm probably gonna see it anyways because if it gets nominated, I, I, you have to, I have to see everything. But it's the same thing. It's it's literally you have quite a few that are Sundance, Mudbound, Sundance, Darling. Uh, I'm I am interested in that. You know, there's something about throwback, old Southern feud movies that are interesting to me. Um, it's got a, some cast members I'm really interested to see. Yeah, apparently did very well at Sundance. Um. And then you have Call Me By Your Name, which is basically Moonlight, but with white guys in Italy. For those of you who hadn't seen Moonlight, it's a gay coming-of-age romance, which is totally fine. But as a straight white male, I can't connect to that, you know? And that's not my – like, that's not the film's problem. No. But, you know, I'm, I'm not saying the film should change. I'm just saying, like, it's a little bit harder for me to connect to a film like that. Well, and and the thing is, is I feel like – I'm sure it was well acted. You know, there was a lot of positives from Moonlight last year. But it's like if if something like that can be nominated, which I'm not saying it shouldn't have gotten a nomination, but sure. why can't we have the other end of the spectrum where you have like a really well done like superhero movie get right. nominated as well? Like uh-huh. I'm not saying anything. You know, I I personally don't think it was the best movie of last year but i don't think it's was wrong that it was nominated i think it was sure. wrong that it won i think it won partly because of its topic and you know different factors in super that fucking diverse yeah. so like the most diverse how could you get more diverse than that movie that movie's like about like this minority group that's also part of another minority group and like that's fine like i get it but at the same time it's the kind of indie movie that has a handwritten title on its poster. And I just hate that shit. That just drives me. That just fits that <laughs> that indie darling 
fucking blueprint of like, well, we got to have a poster that's mostly just one color and there's some handwriting on it. And it's like, you know what? You're not that different anymore. Like indie films used to be about, you know, oh, we're all different. Not if you keep making the same fucking movies the same way. I apologize. Get a little fired up here. Currently 100% on Rotten Tomatoes. Of course it is. Of course it is. 36 of 36. But then we got, you know, then you got a couple of the typical ones. You got Darkest Hour, which is apparently they felt the need to make a bazillion Winston Churchill movies. But Gary Oldman. Gary Oldman oh, going for it. I will sit down for almost anything Gary Oldman does. I sat down for Tinker Taylor Soldier Spy. I think I can sit down for this. Absolutely. You know? Um, last Flag Flying. You got Richard Linklater, who I'm not the biggest fan of, but you have an amazing cast. Steve Carell, Brian Cranston, Lawrence Fishburne. A Amazon's distributing it, Amazon which Studios. If, for those of you that don't know, Amazon's the one that did Manchester by the Sea last right. year. And anytime you went to IMDb or any internet site, it seemed you saw a banner for Manchester by the Sea. <laughs> um, but obviously announced their presence last year, I think was the first real year we had Amazon making noise at the Oscars. Yeah. And More so than Netflix, really. Absolutely. And so is this is this this year's Manchester by the Sea? It takes a topic that's done well in the past. Yeah. Um, you know, from that you've got the military, you got the, the old military buddies the, reuniting yeah. everything. You know, kind of that that story. And so it, it'll be interesting to see. I mean, again, it's you know, the Oscars are so weird, it wouldn't be surprising if they don't do even if it is the best movie, it doesn't get it because it's Right. You know, wrong that similar line of Manchester by the Sea and same studio and all that kind it of stuff. It fits, I mean, distribution. We've talked about the blueprint. Literally every single one of these movies can be compared back to something else, except for these last three or so. And then I'm leaving Spielberg for the end because <laughs> naturally I am. But these next three that we have listed are, 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 a little bit more unique, I think. You know, every single one of those movies we listed, you can compare it to something. Oh, it's like this, but it's slightly different. These ones are all really interesting. Like, you have The Phantom Thread, which is allegedly going to be the final film of Daniel Day Lewis. He's retiring after this. This is his last one. And it's Paul Thomas Anderson, who's awards darling, but he makes really interesting films. He makes funny films. He makes dramatic films. He makes all different types of movies. And this one is him being basically the the seamstress, the the dressmaker for, you know, the high in high society, royal family, whatever. Okay. I'm in. I'm interested. Daniel Day Lewis, you do some weird shit. I'm into it, right? So, you know, that the one constant is that it's Daniel Day-Lewis, you know? Mm -hmm. You don't really have anything to compare that to, at least right now. No. Let's just see a trailer, and I'll tell you it looks like Shakespeare in Lovers and shit like that. The <laughs> other then one... You'll, then you'll immediately be opposed to it. Then I'll be opposed it. to it. <laughs> the other one is uh, uh, Battle of the Sexes, which I think took looks a little too light to be a quote-unquote Oscar movie. Not that I'm saying that should disqualify it. I'm looking at it from the mentality of the Academy. Sure. You know, like the Academy doesn't usually pick things that look that light, so to speak. But it checks the boxes of some social Social issues. You know, from the standpoint of Billy Jean King Billie was Jean a King. big women's activist. Yep. And it was obviously you had the whole, you know, story behind it was, yep. you know, a man facing a woman on the tennis court. And popular never, actors. Popular actors, checks those boxes. And, and so it, it, and, you know, 
Emma Stone, she's about as on fire as you can get right yep. now as far as her decisions. The and, reigning, the reigning and this queen. This seems to be a big year for Steve Carell with these been in a couple of these of movies. So uh, yeah, it, I mean, and we haven't had a sports. I mean, this isn't going to be a sports sports movie, right? But we haven't had a sports movie really truly in the running for a while. It's either. been a hot minute. Yeah, so. uh, they've become kitschy. And then the last one that kind of breaks the mold is one that just recently screened and has been very divisive, but it's Mother. Directed by Darren Aronofsky, starring Jennifer Lawrence, Javier Bardem, and uh, that movie's been divisive because apparently that this movie is batshit insane. It looks insane. It looks insane. Uh, apparently, it's it's just like a nightmare of a film, like crazy delusional, like you're on drugs the whole time. Um, I'm interested. Huge names in it. Huge names in it. Not just those two. I no. mean, you got people like who else is in there? You got Michelle Ed Pfeiffer, Harris, you got Ed Michelle Harris. Pfeiffer. You got all kinds of people who are in that movie, and you get Jennifer Lawrence doing something a little bit different yes. as well. And that's what that's what interests me. Absolutely, is she broke away from from uh, from who the hell was she working with? Paul Thomas Anderson all the time, um, or oh God, it was no, somebody else. David, David O'Russell. David O'Russell. That's right. They're all the fucking same. <laughs> but he, she worked with David O'Russell, and she basically is doing the same movie over and over and over, right? As she did uh, Silver Linings Playbook, then she did American Hustle, then she did Joy. Like, it's pretty much the same movie, same performance from her. Great. All great. But pretty much the same thing, right? And so now we have this fucking crazy horror movie with... Jennifer Lawrence, Javier Bardem, Ed Harris, Michelle Pfeiffer, Kristen Wiig, Dom Hall Gleason, like a lot of people. We didn't talk about how Kristen Wiig's in two of these movies too. She's in Downsizing as well. True. And she was in Martian as well two That's years right. ago. So she's, she's starting getting some prestige. I yeah. mean, then she brings herself back down to earth and does Masterminds and Ghostbusters. Right. But, I mean, you can't it's, lose who you are. Yeah, I guess. you win some, you lose some. Like, uh, like Michael Shannon. You know? Exactly. You got to cash some checks. And then the last one we got to talk about. It's not really a big deal. Everybody set aside 30 minutes for this it's one. It's not really a big deal, right? It's only Steven Spielberg, Tom Hanks, Meryl Streep, fucking true story about a paper taking a stand against a government. Like, come on. One, could it be any more topical? I mean, we're not – this couldn't possibly be directed at what's currently going oh, on no, between no, no our way. current president and no media. No way. And it couldn't – you know, I mean, Meryl Streep didn't say anything at nope. the Oscars last no, year. No, <laughs> no. That no. could be uh, – And Tom Hanks and Steven Spielberg, they're not known for, for having certain – but that you know the thing is is that doesn't matter even though I might not agree or disagree with them it doesn't matter if it turns into a great movie for us I'm I'm okay with I'm it. I'm into it I'm I'm into it it's Spielberg Spielberg always seems to be like when he cranks out a butter a popcorn movie like Ready Player One and then he goes right into an Oscar prestige picture those movies always wind up being really good Schindler's List Munich War Saving Horse. Private Ryan War Horse Lincoln. When he doesn't fuck around, he shows up at the end of the year ready to collect his statue. And so even though it deals with a lot of bullshit that I you know, personally don't care about, and, and even though you could compare this to Spotlight very easily, um, 
I'm 1,000% in. You kidding me? And I'm putting that on the list for sure. And then there are a couple of other small ones that we think you should keep an eye on as well. Yeah, um, I think you have one. What was the like, one that we didn't mention? The really good one, uh, the Wahlberg one. The Wahlberg one, Your yeah, boy. which we don't know much about. It's got Spacey, Wahlberg, and you know Ridley Scott. Come on, you know, uh, crime drama, all all the money in the world. So there isn't really a whole lot of info on it yet, other than you know kind They're of the backstory. It. Molly's game with Jessica Chastain. Molly's play, game running the poker business. Yeah, Molly's game. You got freaking uh Idris Sorkin. Elba, Sorkin. Sorkin finally doing something. I'm into it. You got The Current War, which is, you know, an indie director, but it's a historical biopic. It's Edison versus Westinghouse, The Power of the World. Oh, look who's behind that movie, The Weinsteins. The, the one thing we didn't say about Molly's game though that I do want to point out. Yeah. This is Sorkin's directing debut. Ooh. He's never directed a movie. He's always written movies. That is interesting. But this is his first one that he's going to be directing. We'll find so, out if he can handle I mean, the one, camera, I guess. One thing you know that you'll always get out of a Sorkin movie is amazing dialogue. And if it's poker related, come oh, on. Come on. <laughs> we're we're going to have about some, it. We're gonna have some new stuff to put in the rotation with rounders and whatnot. Absolutely. Um, and then, you know, I, there's a couple big ones that I wanted to mention, particularly Blade Runner. 2049 like i genuinely think that you have the director of arrival you have ryan gosling you have people who, who don't fuck around could could be this year's mad max for lack of it could better. be mad max plus arrival like yeah. it could be this year's arrival you have the florida project which is just that typical slice of life indie film didn't they uh handwrite the title on that one fucking too? handwritten title <laughs> willem dafoe looks 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 Defoe good. Looks great. I cannot say that that movie does not look good, but it looks like every it just typical. Pisses you off because it's. It fits a it formula. It reminds you of uh, Beasts of the Southern Wild, which was an awesome movie. I enjoyed I that, movie that movie quite a bit. I think it piss. I think the thing that pisses me off the most is you have all these indie people making these indie movies, and they're like, "We're so unique," but then you put them back to back with one another, and they're making the same goddamn movie every time. Anyways, which brings you to Breathe and Stronger. Yeah, which you know going. <laughs> Going along with that blueprint, not so much. This, this isn't necessarily going to get you any Best Picture nominations. But if you really want a gun for a Best Actor nomination, particularly Best Actor, play a disabled person. Because that is just the way to go. With women, oddly enough, Best Actress, it's not so much about that. It's more about being emotionally resolute. And like just kind of being, you know, strong. You know, you look at Brie Larson, you look at Emma Stone, you you look at the characters that have been winning those lately, and they're just, you know, strong women chasing and, and getting, you know, going for what they want. Sure. But you look at all the best actors lately. Come on, there's a fucking pattern. So okay, Andrew Garfield's playing the guy who. Listen, he tried to be. The Mel Gibson war hero, and he didn't get it, so he's no, got to go he another route. But he did get nominated, and he got that taste. He got that taste, David, is he got nominated, and he got that taste. So you know what he said? He said, oh, I got to get that award. So you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to play the guy that couldn't walk because of polio. Like, that's, oh, yeah, I'm going to get that award season. I feel like the need to preface this in that neither of us have anything against disabled people no, or the stories of disabled people absolutely it's just why don't ever why do why is there never a movie about a disabled person that comes out in february or march like it's because they're always gunning for an award they're like always it's not made simply to tell the story it's made to win awards it's like, made to put be on it. to put a big you know presence 
on the thing. And, like, you know, Disabled doesn't always win. You know, Casey Affleck last year was, you know, that was an internalized performance. But DiCaprio wasn't disabled. He just got maimed by the bear. No, yeah, and crossed the fucking (laughs) wilderness. But you have the theory of everything. Eddie Redmayne, okay. Stephen Hawking. You got Matthew McConaughey, Dallas Buyers Club, health crisis. You got fucking Lincoln. Oh, shot in the head. You got the King speech. Oh, he's a stutterer. You got Harvey Milk. Fucking Harvey Milk. Sean Penn. You got Sean Penn. You got Jamie Foxx, Ray. You got, I mean, it's just, it. you go all the way back. You go all the way back to things like Jeffrey Rush and Shine or Nicolas Cage and Leaving Las Vegas or even Tom Hanks with his one-two. Oh, I'm going to play two disabled people. I'm going to play two people that are afflicted. I'm going to play Philadelphia bringing attention to the AIDS crisis, Oscar. And then you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to back that. I'm going to follow that up with Forrest Gump. Another Oscar. It's just, it is. It is like if there wasn't a pattern, then you could say like I'm being biased against disabledness. But there's a pattern. And both Gyllenhaal and Andrew Garfield, Jake Gyllenhaal's like, oh, you know what? I'm not getting any Oscar attention. You know what's going to change that? I'm going to play one of the guys got his leg blown off in the Boston Marathon if, if, bombing. If you want to get on Ricky's bad side, basically follow the career path of Eddie Redmayne and do the theory of everything followed up by the Danish crow. <laughs> Seriously. Like, just, I don't know, man. I don't know why it bugs me so much. Maybe because it's so formulaic. Maybe because it's just so expected. It's just... So many people say it's unique, but it's not. Anyways, moving getting on. off on a tangent here. Let's talk. Let's go beyond the movies that we talked about and beyond the things. We're going to wrap up the rest of this episode in about 10, 15 minutes. We want to go th- through some of our predictions for what we think are going to be the the – the, the final few standing, right? And we're gonna put this, we're gonna put these predictions into an article. You can find it at, uh, you can find it online. You can follow us via social media on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram at the Popcorn Diet, or you can follow, find us on our website, popcorndietpodcast.com, where we write articles all the time. So we're gonna put all of these into an article so we can have it in the time capsule, okay? Now I've written mine down. I don't know if you wrote yours down. I got mine. But I have – we have picture director, actor, actress, supporting actor, and supporting actress, which I had some issues with. So let's start with picture. Better and yet, let's start with supporting actress. Let's let's Let's, let's work go, our way up. Let's work our way up here. Supporting actress right now as we sit is a wasteland. There's really been nothing, nothing. That, nothing. that anyone can talk about yet. You know, the only thing that's come out – that people might be considering is the big sick. Um, and I don't think that's going to get a, a supporting actress nomination at all. I also don't think Suburbicon's going to get uh, any love as much as they think it is. Um, I think you could see Octavia Spencer for The Shape of Water. I think you could definitely see, um, oh man, probably Mary J. Blige from Mudbound probably pulling a uh, 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 crap. Um, Precious move a monique precious move maybe um and then you have you know you have other people like you know michelle pfeiffer michelle pfeiffer 
You have Julianne Moore's popping up, you know, all over there as well. You have Tilda Swinton in in Oakja, which was that Netflix film. That's a possibility, you know, but there's just not a ton now. So I'm going to list, I'm just going to list five random ones. All right. I'm going to say Octavia Spencer for the, for the shape of water. I'm going to say, oh God, um, let's go with Margot Robbie and goodbye, Christopher Robin. I'm going to go with Tilda Swinton and Okja and I'm going to go with, man, there's, that's three, right? <laughs> There's really not not that much going on, dude. You know, I mean, Nicole killed Kidman, The Killing of a Sacred Deer, Brooklyn Prince. If that little girl crushes it in the Florida Project, we, we I need can your see answer, her getting sir. it too. So those are my final two: Nicole Kidman and Brooklyn Prince. All right. So those are my supporting actress ones. That was the hardest one to do. It was pretty difficult. Uh, for me, it was five, right? It was five. Five. So for me, I'm going Michelle Pfeiffer. Going for mother. All right. I'm going Julianne Moore. I, or actually, no, I'm not going Julianne Moore after those reviews. So I got my five are um, Mary J. Blige. I'm going with, I don't know how to say her name. I'm just going to go Hong Chow. Hong Chow. From Downsizing. Downsizing. All right. I'm going with Michelle Pfeiffer. So those are my three. I'm going, I also had Brooklyn Prince in Florida Project. And I have. For my fifth, I'm going with, let's go Octavia Spencer. Octavia Spencer. All right, lock it in. That's supporting actress. Supporting actor. Moving on to supporting actor here. This one I feels it feels a little bit clearer. Mm-hmm. Um, Willem Dafoe in the Florida Project right which now is currently. Inter- which is interesting that it appears, well, and this is obviously them guessing how they're going to sure. do the nominations, Sure. but it appears Florida Project may be going the route of not putting any leads in there true because at least from the previews it looks like brooklyn and william defoe are the leads. are the leads but they might be going the whole route of who was Easier it that did it last year uh viola davis viola yes. davis was yes. the lead actress in without in, a doubt in that in in that movie like uh wasn't it the no oh, it was no, denzel no, no. uh, yeah it was uh it was the fences, the fences. no it fences. was the fences. fences it was just fences yeah and they knew she wouldn't win Best Actress against Emma Stone, so they marketed her to Best. That's another fucking problem I have with the <laughs> award season, dude. Like, oh, we're going to rig the game and just pick what category they're going to be in? That's bullshit. Yeah. She's the lead actress of that movie. Have her go toe-to-toe, and if she loses, she fucking loses. Whatever. Are we, are we saying that Denzel was the lead <laughs> actor and actress in this movie or something? I don't, like, yeah, I don't know what, how... I, whatever. Anyways. I mean, I'm glad she won her Oscar, like, because yeah, she crushes it in she that movie. <sighs> okay, right, anyway. Supporting actor. Supporting actor. Willem Dafoe, The Florida Project. And I think one of the reasons supporting actress is a little bit clear is because it just feels like there are stronger supporting actor turns coming up. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have uh, Willem Dafoe. I have Mark Rylance in Dunkirk because I think he was amazing in it. Um, I'm pulling Will Poulter from Detroit. Same thing. I heard that he's just like the worst kind of shit bad guy that you just love to hate kind of thing. So I'm hearing good things about that. Uh, Idris Elba for Molly's Game. I feel like this is another opportunity to get Idris some, some Oscar love. And I'm... Molly's game, Aaron Sorkin. Let's see him work with let's some. Let's do it. Let's see him work with some Sorkin dialogue. And then I'm throwing, I'm throwing a, a hail mary out here, 
and I know I'm probably going to be wrong on a lot of these, but let's give Sir Patrick Stewart some love. Homeboy's been playing Professor X for damn near 20 years. The guy's been a Shakespearean actor. This guy's been a thespian for ages. He hasn't aged in like 20 years. He's looked the goddamn same, and he absolutely crushes it in Logan. So I'm I'm giving the fifth nod to him. I think right. I think All he right. should be there. I'm going uh, I'm going a little bit different on this one. I'm going I am going uh I'm going Elba for for one of mine. I'm also going to go I'm going Fishburn in uh Last Last Flag Flying. I'm going to give uh I I don't think this one's going to actually happen, but just out of love for it, I'm going to go for good old Harrison Ford. Ooh, that Got to give be cool. him some love in there blade runner and back. i'm going Stone, to do Stallone. just to piss you off army hammer call me by your name he's probably right too he'll probably get that shit <laughs> and last but not least because all he does is get nominated for oscars christoph waltz christoph waltz i i you know i should have said christoph waltz that's all he does is get nominated for oscars um all right let's go into best actress Again, not a lot out right now currently, um, but I went with a few. I went with Sally Hawkins in The uh, Shape of Water. I've mm-hmm. just heard that she is astounding in that movie. Uh, she I went looks with, great in it. Uh, I mean, she looks great. I went with Emma Stone, Battle of the Sexes, for previously discussed reasons. Mm-hmm. I went with Meryl Streep for The Post because, come on, Meryl Streep can get nominated for anything. You're going to put her in a, in a politically... Uh, relevant Spielberg film? Come on. That's that's nomination easy. Uh, and then I'm going to wrap it up with Jennifer Lawrence with Mother. I think that, you know, it's going to be really interesting, but I heard that she keeps it together through that movie. Like, she just gives some crazy visceral performance. And then last but certainly not least, I'm going to go Jessica Chastain for Molly's Game because Sorkin, Poker, come on. I mean, which one? Plus, I didn't want to give anything to Annette Benning. I feel like if you just... Uh, Took out Sally Hawkins and put it in Annette Benning or or Kate Winslet. It'd be like no. Murderer's Row in that category. It already is. Emma, Emma Stone, Meryl Streep, Jessica Chastain, Jennifer, Jennifer Lawrence. Lawrence. Sally Hawkins ain't no spring no, chicken. No, I know, I know, I know. Yeah. So uh, mine's pretty much pretty much identical to what you had. So um, I I actually don't think I have anything different on there. So nice. We're the Good. same there. I I was tempted to put. Uh, um, Kate Winslet in there just Kate because Winslet she always seems him. to be Francis, nominated. Francis McDormand for three billboards outside of Ebbing, Missouri. That could certainly happen because that movie looks amazing too. <laughs> it's true. That's that could happen. So there's a lot that could happen there. Um, let's go best actors. Uh, I went with Daniel Day Lewis first and foremost. Phantom Thread. Gary Oldman. We gotta give that guy an Oscar at some point. Like right. it's, it's just gotta happen. Um, I went with Matt Damon for downsizing particularly. And then I went with Tom Hanks for The Post. And then there's just a lot of guys gunning for a nomination by playing a disabled person. So you have your Andrew Garfields. You have your Jake Gyllenhaals. uh, You have your... um, (laughs) You have your Benedict Cumberbatches. You have your Chadwick Bosemans, all of them. But for my last one, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to say... And it's going to be crazy. Mark Wahlberg, all the money in the world. Yeah. Lock it in. Like Lock it. it in. I like Ridley it. Ridley Scott's going to bring Marky Mark an Oscar. By God, <laughs> it's going to happen. Because Michael Bay ain't. No. Um, <laughs> all right. So I got a lot of repeats. Daniel Day-Lewis, Gary Oldman, 
Tom Hanks, those are my three that are the same as you. I also have I, I don't know why, but I've got I've got some faith in uh in Steve Carell in Battle of the Sexes. You if do. you watch the preview I did. He actually You're seems very like bullish. A, I, I, I don't know why. I I could be very wrong. You're very it. bullish on that. On and Steve Carell particularly. Yeah, I'm a big Steve Carell fan. What can I say? And last but not least, um, also bullish on the way the acting looks in this movie, but I'm going with Javier. Javier. In Mother. Don't sleep on anything the Weinsteins are doing, like the current war with Benedict Cumberbatch. Don't sleep on that shit. They'll buy someone a nomination. Don't, yeah, most definitely will. Also, don't sleep on anything that A24 is doing. Um, like you got your Goslings, you got your Colin Farrell killing of a sacred deer. Under Silver Lake, you got A24 doing all kinds. Well, Good and, time. Like, don't well, f- and, and some of these could easily get moved, too, because sure. cause Defoe, I mean, seemed, I don't know who the lead is in that movie if he's not the lead. If so he's not we'll the lead, it could be the so. mother, it could be the girl. Yeah. So Last two categories, best director. Um, I have mine pretty much lined up. Christopher Nolan, Dunkirk, Patty Jenkins, Wonder Woman, Steven Spielberg, The Post, Alexander Payne for Downsizing, and then I'm throwing my boy Guillermo del Toro in there. For the shape of water, and I think that that's a pretty damn strong lineup. There's a lot of missing threads, though. It's 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 pretty 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 difficult on this one. Um, There's a lot of good stuff from a lot of good directors. I'm I'm going to step out of the box a little bit here from what you did, and I'm going to. I do think Patty Jenkins. They're going to find a way to to get her in there. It's the campaigning's already. It's already begun. happened. So I'm going to say. Which is cool. Go yeah, for it. It's, and she did a great job. Yeah, so there's she nothing did better wrong than fucking Zack Snyder did. Yeah, well, <laughs> I'm going to go with Guillermo. Yes. So those are my first two. I My mind says somehow Christopher Nolan's going to get screwed over. Oh. But my heart can't say that it's he's It's so that good. So I'm going Nolan and. You know, Spielberg hasn't been in there for a little while, for a hot minute. It's been a couple it. years, so I feel like I got to go. So the one I got to leave out is is Alexander Payne from your list, unfortunately. All right. And I'm going to pick out of left field one here. We're going to go with, believe it or not, Jordan Peele. Ooh, hot take. You know what's so funny? I'm is going I with knew the you underdog. were going to say that one, I'm going too. with the underdog. That would be really be something. That would really, really be something there. I, I mean, I, I don't, I don't think I could be mad at that. No, it'd be real interesting. Yeah, you know that out of all the great horror film directors, John Carpenter, Wes Craven, <laughs> that Jordan Peele, the first time director, gets a nomination. I'm not saying. Hey, I'm just saying. Be crazy. It'd still be cool. Yeah. All right. For my best pictures, I listed 10. Remember, the best pictures can be anywhere between 5 and 10 mm-hmm. based on the number of first place votes a movie gets. Meaning that if a movie gets 100% third place votes, it still won't get nominated for best picture. Even though everyone voted and said it's the third best, it still wouldn't get nominated because the voting is bullshit. But that being said, I listed 10. <laughs> I went with Dunkirk first and foremost. I went with The Florida Project. Wonder Woman, The Post, Phantom Thread, The Current War, The Shape of Water, The Big Sick, Downsizing, and then I put I put a little little love on there at the end. I I would be so pumped if this happened. This is the long shot, but I put Blade Runner 2049 up there. I think 
that that director Dennis Villanueva has is one of the most interesting directors working on today. So that's my ten. Uh, all right, I have a a lot of the similar ones, um, and that's putting out some that we did. I mean, all the money in the world, Molly's Game. Like, there's a lot. There's a lot of potential. It's true. There is. There is. I um, I like that you uh, gave credit to Wonder Woman. Gonna gonna break that mold of. Uh, I gotta keep hoping, movies. man. Absolutely. Gotta keep hoping. So I'm going to. I am gonna put faith in uh, Wonder Woman. So I'm going Wonder Woman. I am going. All the money in the world. I'm putting my love in Marky Mark. Ridley Scott Ridley crying, Scott. baby. Uh, Dunkirk. I'm going to give Get Out. I think Get Out's going to get that. That It's going to sneak in there. I don't know how. Phantom Thread in Daniel Day-Lewis We Trust. The, po- the Post. Uh, Spielberg. I mean, it's Shape of Water. Got to believe in it. Guillermo. Uh, how many am I up to? I'll just throw off a couple of I don't others. know. <laughs> I'm a gaming count. <laughs> and we'll throw in a couple others here. We'll go uh, the current war because the wine scenes will buy their one. Yep. Nomination. And I am going to go with uh, my boy, Aaron Sorkin. Molly's game. Molly's game. All right. I don't know if that was 10, but that's where it I'm leaving it at. If, if it wasn't 10, we'll fill in the last couple with some indie darlings. Well, and it's not a given that there'll be 10 because they no. don't have to do no, 10. No, they'll probably nine or eight or some stupid number. But uh, again, uh, let's wrap it up with the very last question and then we'll get out of here. And I'll pose this to you first. Out of all these movies that we talked about, if you could only see one of them, which is, that's kind of, this is a fucked up question, dude. <laughs> If you could only see Especially one of them, us. what one would you pick? You know what? As we've sat here and talked about it, my my decision has changed, and I'm going with Molly's Game. I really? love Aaron Sorkin. I loved Newsroom. I loved. Okay. I've loved everything he's written. Directorial debut. Uh huh. Poker. Uh-huh. I love poker. Great people in it. I'm going with that. It was the the two people that fell just short were The Shape of Water, seeing Del Toro, and uh, Marky Mark. This might come as a shock to you, David, but I'm not going to give you one movie. I can't do it. <laughs> I can't do it. And can't do it. All right? I can't. I literally cannot. It would be The Shape of Water, All the Money in the World, Blade Runner 2049, and probably The Post. Would be those if four. You, if you didn't say The Post... The Shape of Water. I'm going to tell Steven Spielberg. The Shape of Water. Yeah. No, that's right. Yeah, that's the one I wanted. All the Money in the World. Molly's Game. You do realize the question oh, was yeah. if you could see one movie. Uh, yeah, I know. But, I mean, okay, let's do it again. The Post, Molly's Game, All the Money in the World, The Shape of Water, Blade Runner 2049. And those on that note. Five. Those are my five. <laughs> I can't do one, David, but it would probably be The Post because it's Spielberg. Uh, on that note, we're going to wrap this bad boy up. Uh, this will be the first of many Oscar prognostication episodes that we do. This is the way too early one. But as always, we encourage you to please like, rate, and subscribe to The Popcorn Diet on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, or wherever you may be listening. Also, please follow us on social media. We want to to interact with us. We want you to answer these great questions about what movies you're excited about. And again, you can find us on Twitter, on Facebook, on Instagram at the popcorn diet or just go to popcorndietpodcast.com for the canadian machine mr david melhorn i am the oscar hater 
Rick Williamson, and we're going to see you next time at the movies. Have a great one.